Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with, with me, as always, I'm very thankful, Mr. Turiago. Andrew, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing extremely well, Ken. Uh, uh, even better because we have a couple days off this week, uh, which means that uh, we will have even more time to spend with our loved ones, uh, enjoy the finer things in life, and of course, think about how we can get better at Quiz Bowl. So where is Thanksgiving for you? Do you, you guys host uh, I'm gonna it? I'm going to be or? up in Silvermont this year. Oh, in so, Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. Should still be some leaves on the trees, though. I think it's out of season. Nothing like traveling on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right? Nothing like driving five hours uh, to uh, get to a place. Yeah. Uh, always a big fan. And, who, and who's up there? Uh, literally no one. <laughs> so you're it just is, driving to the middle just, of nowhere. It's just our family. Uh, we go up there uh, most years. And uh, it, it's... I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Ken. It's actually a little depressing. Okay, so I, I want to get this straight. Your family, which is all here in Stanford, which is the yeah. town next to Darien, yeah, rather than stay together here yeah. in Stanford, mm-hmm. decide to drive in a car five hours yep. to Vermont Correct. in Thanksgiving traffic, yes, just to go up there for Thanksgiving. Yes, all factual. All right. Well, I hope you're. Thanksgiving is uh, is going to be undoubtedly better. Uh, yes, and you don't have to do the unnecessary travel that sure. Mr. T is doing. But how about you, Ken? Uh, Got so, any family over? Uh, not over at our house. Uh, so it, my mom's birthday is today uh-huh. on uh, today's Tuesday, the the twenty sixth, and my mom's birthday is today. And so what's thank- her Twitter so everyone can tweet at her? <laughs> she does not even oh, have right, a. Right. Okay. I don't even think she has a flip phone. I don't. Right. I don't. She might still use rotary. I, I'm not right. sure. Uh, so, uh, so Thanksgiving has always been her holiday, and it, it's like blasphemous to not go to my parents' house Sounds for Thanksgiving. Right. So we will be there Thursday. My in-laws are going to be there too. And um, are are you like team turkey or team ham for Thanksgiving? Hmm. Personally, uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the stuffing. Actually. Uh, so for the last couple of years, my mom has become a little more experimental in what constitutes a Thanksgiving dinner, especially okay. as uh, my brother having moved out to Colorado. Our family has uh, kind of our dramatic dinner gets a, a little less dramatic. And I, I honestly think that she has uh, salmon in the fridge. Ah. And that's going to be our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the pilgrims did it, Ken. What are you, a bear? Yeah. Alaskan bear, maybe. All right. right. Well, we are uh, we're coming off of our first middle school tournament of the year. I feel like we're we're a little late to the party. Middlesex yeah. is we're a little late to the party, but uh, but we've party doesn't start till we get we've there. arrived. <laughs> we're we've arrived, and uh, when we do our tour around the country, we'll be happy to report about our tournament. And I don't know. Why don't we get into uh, take a look at the scoreboard? Sounds great. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. So why don't we start here in Darien on Saturday, November 21st. We played the ninth incarnation of the Charter Oaks Scholastic Open. We used MS-31. It was hosted right here in Darien, and we are very proud to say that it was our A-team that went undefeated 9-0 
uh, to claim first place. It was actually the first time that the host team has won the tournament since 2016. And uh, I, I got to say, I know I'm, I'm, I'm biased and I know you are too, but uh, it was an, an impressive gauntlet that they ran at the end, having to defeat the likes of the national champs from Hunter, um, our, our neighbors in, in Stanford, Rogers International, and one of the most impressive teams of the day, I thought, was was the A-team from Tenafly. Uh, you know, they've been knocking on the door for a couple of years now, and they really look poised to make a deep run on Sunday in MSNCT. Um, and uh, so, but Middlesex A goes 9-0 to claim the title. Uh, as the person in charge of the novice bracket, uh, I thought it was really exciting to see Middlesex finish first and second there. Uh, lots of sixth graders getting uh, their feet wet with Quizwell for the first time. No negs in that division. Uh, and lots of parents looking very uh, suddenly aware of how little they know about the world. <laughs> and how much their kids know. <laughs> exactly. Which is always a great thing. Uh, the leading scorer in the Nationals bracket was Iman Ahmed from Hunter B, who averaged 117.3 points per game, which is fantastic. All right. Uh, moving on down in Florida, the Classical Prep Semiannual Quiz Bowl Invitational uh, in Spring Hill, Florida. They also used MS31. There are only four teams that competed in the middle school bracket. Um, Classical Prep C goes 8-1 to take first place. Uh, next, we move on to Stratford Sunnyvale Middle School Invitational uh, on November 17th. And uh, the location was at the Sunnyvale Rayner Middle School in Sunnyvale, California, uh, also with MS31. The winning team for that tournament was Challenger Almadine, which Surprise. went 9-0, defeating the likes of Hopkins A and B, Harker, Challenger Berryessa, and Stratford Sunnyvale. Their closest match was a win against Hopkins B in round 7, where they won 365-325. to And uh, by, by now, you, you should be aware of... Of Aaron Parsa from Challenger Almaden. Um, he just keeps putting up big numbers, 175 points per game. He powered over half the questions that he's 94 heard. of the 180 toss-ups he heard. Uh, very impressive. Nice work, Aaron. Right, and of course they're coached by Usha Parsa. Uh, other winners from uh, from recent events: uh, Baldwin Arts and Academics wins the Lewis Falcons. River Trail A wins the North by North Gwinnett 3, and our friends from Longfellow, their A-team tops Burley Manor A and B in the Burley Manor Invitational. Always nice to come to someone's home and then take their trophies. So I, I, I'm sure that most tournaments that are using MS-31 uh, around the country have been uh, completed. And if you want to see how your team measures up against some of the top teams in the country, uh, you can compare stats from that tournament. And I think that's fair. That's an apples to apples comparison. Mm -hmm. So everyone heard the same questions. Ken. Right. And, uh, and obviously, the level of competition you play will affect your record and how many points you score in a game. But I thought my undefeated Little League streak meant something, Ken. My my home runs every time I come to bat, you know? Doesn't Wish I could anything. play some Little League now. I'd yeah. kick some butt now. Right. But... Uh, so so what stats should we look at? In my mind, there are two really important ones that are solely how good is your team. And if you think about it, when is your team on an island? Your team is on an island when you are on a bonus. Mm -hmm. So points per bonus is one of the most important indicators of how strong your team is. The other one is not quite independent of who you play, but certainly is a measure of how strong your team is. And that's what percentage of the questions do you power? Mm -hmm. So if you're if you want to see how your team measures up, look at points per bonus and look at power percentage. And so what I want to do is I want to read through some of the 
top performing teams from an MS31 packet and give you a sense of what their points per bonus are and what their power percentage is. So we'll start with uh, with Miami Valley A and the Miami Valley kickoff. 23 points per bonus, 30 per, uh, 30% of their questions powered. Ken, what would you say is a, is a good power percentage? Maybe anything over 10% or we're aiming higher? If you, I think, if you want to aim to make the playoffs at Nationals, you should be looking at at least 20%. Okay. And as far as points per bonus, if you want to make Nationals, probably want to at least 22 points per bonus. Mm-hmm. So we read Miami Valley, 23, 30% powers uh, on their toss-ups. The Sacramento Fall, Churchill A, who finished in the in the top three or four last year, 23.7 points per bonus, 33.9% per, uh, percent power. Uh, Beckendorf A from Texas, 24.5, 32.8%. Midtown Classical, 22.3, 35%. and uh, A, coming all the way from Seoul, South Korea, 22.7, 33.6%. Uh, Greenhill A, who I, I, from firsthand experience, I know how tough they are from Texas, 25.3 points per bonus, 31.7% power. Uh, St. Mark's School in the same tournament finished second, 25.2 points per bonus, 40.6% power. Uh, Challenger Almaden in the Stratford Fremont Invitational, twenty six point five mm. points per bonus, fifty percent power. Wow! So that's an average of ten powers per packet, Ken. Yes, and, is... and in nationals, you know, twelve. Right. That's pretty good. All right, in that same tournament, Hard Hopkins, to the team that finished second, twenty six points per bonus, forty one percent power percentage. Probably could have won any other tournament that they would have played in if not for Aaron Parsa. Um, at in the Gladiator Fall, Quest Academy, another team to watch, 26.7 points per bonus. That's a high. 53.1% power percentage. Hmm. That's also a high. Um, the team that finished second there, our friends from Barrington, 26 points per bonus, 48.1 power percentage. And then this past weekend at our tournament, RA team, 24.5 and 39.4%. Hunter A, the defending champs, 25.2 and 32.5%. And Tenafly A, 23.5 and 29% power. So look at your stats and see, are you measuring up to those teams that I just mentioned? Are, are your points per bonus, are you closing in on the 23, 24, and... You know, I, I'll say it's a lot easier to go from 20 to 22 points per bonus mm-hmm. than it is to go from 22 to 24, mm-hmm. and a lot easier than to go, you know, from 24 to 26. Mm-hmm. You know, as as we look at our statistics and we try to compare ourselves to Challenger and Quest, we know we have our work cut out for us. So, Ken, thinking about all those strong teams, uh, one of the topics that I've been thinking about a lot lately uh, is how to get better on your own as a quizable player. Uh, it's easy enough to practice with a team. You know, you just set up some buzzers and you read some questions. But if you're one of those people that really wants to be uh, Aaron Parsa or beat Aaron Parsa, as many of our uh, players aspire to do, then you're going to need to practice by yourself. Wait, wait, wait. If you can't beat him, can you join him? 
Uh, so Aaron knows there is an open invitation to uh, move to Darien, Connecticut and join uh, the Middlesex A-team. Uh, unfortunately, there's no scholarships involved, but... You know, oh, well. If we could take them, we'll take them. Uh, so you might be asking yourself, uh, well, if I want to improve on my own, then maybe I could just sit in a dark room alone and read questions. Uh, and that's not what we're offering today, Ken. Uh, what we're telling you uh, is uh, just a quick list of some things that we notice in the best players and the players that come back to practice uh, really having taken a lot of valuable things from their own uh, time spent practicing. Uh, and we think we can uh, save you a lot of time and energy by maybe incorporating some of these things into your own practice. Things like what? Uh, so the first thing that I can think of uh, is some of our strongest players and definitely some of our strongest players ever uh, are players who seek out opportunities to study Quiz Bowl. So you might say, does that mean that they're looking at Quiz Bowl notes as they're walking from class to class? Not those kinds of opportunities. Uh, we're thinking about uh, players who are seeking out resources. So if uh, a student comes into Quiz Bowl practice and says, uh, you know, I just watched this great documentary on uh, the Antarctic and I learned all about the animals and, you know, the, the glaciers and things like that. I know that that student is taking things from their own personal life and then seeing how they can connect back to Quiz Bowl. Uh, I often hear students who are listening to questions say something like, oh, there's a really great book on that. Or uh, I just saw a video about that on YouTube the other day. And I think going out on your own time and finding those resources and being really hungry for those sites that have a lot of information uh, is probably the best thing you can do to make sure that the time that you spend on your own is really well uh, focused for quiz. So, okay. So here's a question. The, the canon is so large. Mm -hmm. And as you go past middle school and into high school, it just gets larger. Mm -hmm. So how do they know what to look for? You know, like there's just so much out there. How do they know? Mm -hmm. So that's a great question, Ken. Uh, one of my favorite things that I notice is um, when students hear a question and say, you know what? I know absolutely nothing about World War II. I just have a big empty gap in my mind where I'm pretty sure there were some Nazis involved. I'm pretty sure there are some European countries involved and then in the United States. But besides that, I don't actually have any lines connecting the dots. Uh, and then they'll take what used to be a weak point they'll know as soon as a question comes up uh, about world war ii and they'll just say well i didn't know it and it was about world war ii they'll watch a documentary or read a book or do something that will help them to fill in that gap uh, because doing that if you keep repeating that eventually there's nothing that you don't know right uh, i think one of the the mistakes that some people make is they stay too closely to their um their area where they're comfortable area where they know a lot of things and i've seen a lot of students say things like well i'm kind of more of a mythology guy so i'm not sure literature is something that i should study and my advice to that them and that person would be definitely think about where you can expand definitely think about the areas where you don't know very much and so every note that you write down is going to be so much more of a chance for you to get a question uh, i'd also say that some of the best players are looking for an edge. They're looking for ways to uh, get an advantage over their opponents. And so when those classical music questions come up or when those uh, obscure math questions come up, they're like already rubbing their hands together, you know, 
mouth watering. They're excited for the fact that their opponent's team is kind of going like, oh, math question or, oh, you know, who knows art history. Let me actually add to that. You know, yes, you want to find an edge over your opponent. Mm -hmm. But especially if you come from a large program like ours, like Churchill, like uh, Burley Manor, where constantly they're sending, you know, eight eight teams to a tournament. You want to get an edge over your teammates, too. Mm -hmm. And if we notice, the coaches notice, wow, we really we have a. A, a big gap in our knowledge of classical music. That's an opportunity for you to stand out, because mm-hmm. when we're if we're reading questions, we're saying, you know, uh, Sarah really knows. She got all the classical music questions today. She powered a, a classical music question that stands out to us mm-hmm. because we know that's a glaring weakness of ours. Yep. And if you can separate yourself, I mean, you know, you're you're putting yourself in a in a prime position to play on one of the higher teams, mm-hmm. and and, and get more playing time if, you know, if there are substitutions and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, so you can get an edge there. Uh, and there's also, um, there's something called habit stacking, Ken. Have you ever heard that term before? Enlighten me. So what habit stacking is, is basically uh, bundling one good habit with another. Uh, in terms of uh, life skills, it might be uh, every time that you, Let's say every time that you bring out the trash, you also bring up a, a case of bottled water so that you have water for your family. Or every time that you uh, go and check the mail, you also uh, shovel the driveway a little bit and sweep the driveway and make sure everything's clean. And it's just kind of connecting two habits together. Uh, one that you do regularly and you do kind of without thinking about it. And another that you kind of want to do a little more. So, for example, if you want to do a little... Get a little more exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you when you turn the shower on, you got to wait for the water to get hot. Mm-hmm. And as the water's getting hot, you're like, oh, I'll just do a couple push-ups. Yep. And so it's not like you're doing a whole workout, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but at least, yeah, you got something in. And, you know, so you're, you're connecting something that you do every day anyway, wait mm-hmm. for the water to get hot, to something that mm-hmm. you want to do, more exercise. So what this plugs into directly is that as a quiz bowl player, you'll be able to find moments in your daily life uh, where maybe you have some undiscovered time, unused time. Uh, so, Ken, I know you know the story of the student who placed first in one of our tournaments last year and how he had an Oh, you're, you're talking hour. nationals last yeah, year. Yeah, nationals. Right, right. Uh, Could you this tell was, us that story this, again? Yeah, so this was uh, the, the team that won, Hunter, and their, and their star, Jacob. Uh, he had an hour train ride every day, and... What did he do on that train ride? He studied quiz bowl mm-hmm. questions. He used QuizDB and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he had to sit on the train anyway and mm-hmm. turned it into study time. And we saw an improvement because he came to our Charter Oak tournament, and he was he was good. He was very good. Uh, he wasn't uh, carry a team to nationals mm-hmm. good, at, but he worked at it and certainly got to that level. So what you can think about is if there are books that you have to read for school anyway, they might as well be books that come up in the quiz bowl canon. Uh, if there are, um, you know, science projects that you have to do and other, you know, academic things that you need to do to get a good grade, there's no reason that those things couldn't also be things that you're studying and thinking about in terms of Quiz Bowl, uh, because then you're really double dipping and getting twice your value for all of those things. You know, and we'll say in the, in the in middle school in particular, a lot of our curriculum has gone away from teaching content in in the in English classes and social studies classes especially, you're not teaching a book. You're not teaching 
poems and you certainly if you if you do assign a book i i can't imagine you're giving much in terms of like quizzes on reading comprehension yeah, that's it's not a lot something of you skills do, right? work so right students do have that opportunity to uh choose books right like i know um one of uh our players that's in my fifth period class right now is reading animal farm because he knows that it keeps that's coming sixth up grader, questions. Right? as a sixth grader they should also read the tiger because we know that comes up in every single absolutely packet. does yeah uh so that's just another resource that you can use. If you can find uh, 10 minutes where you come home from school and you always make a sandwich and eat a sandwich, where that time would normally be spent looking at your phone, you could just leave a packet of quiz bowl questions next to the place that you always eat a sandwich. And then as you're coming home every day, that's 10 more minutes over 180 days or however many days of school. Sure. You know, you take the bus to school every day, and I imagine the bus ride home – People have a little bit more energy. You're up mm-hmm. and you're you're yelling with your friends and you're punching each other, whatever you do on a school bus. <laughs> At least that's what we did back in back in Yonkers. Back when people didn't care about children, right? <laughs> and uh, but on the ride up to school, I know you're a little sleepy, but you know maybe ten minutes. You just open up um, Study Stack mm-hmm. and you go to the the Quiz Bowl Study Stack and their their flashcards there. If you haven't seen it yet, a fantastic resource. Uh, I, I'd highly recommend the the authors and works. They, they come up in Quiz Bowl all the time. And, you know, even if you're not a literature expert, you hear a question about, you know, uh, Voltaire, mm-hmm. and you can say, oh, well, at least Candide. I know he wrote Candide. You yeah. know, okay, I, and, can, I can throw something out yeah. there. And, Ken, that's a perfect example because there's, there's two types of people right now who are listening to this podcast. The first type of person has already written down Study Stack. And the second type of person is like, oh, if I had a pen and something to write with, I'd maybe write that down. That seems, or, or I'll just remember that. And I'm, what we're telling you is that you can make an active effort to be that first person. So if you didn't write that down, Ken, could you repeat? Sure, it's, it's Study Stack, and I think it's like studystack.com. Um, and you just search for a quiz bowl. You can make your own flashcards, but there are plenty of quiz bowl flashcards that are already made. Yeah, and piggyback on someone else, on all their hard work. I mean, why, why, why reinvent the wheel? Exactly. Right? Uh, so some of the other things you can think about are some of the best avenues for practice. Uh, as a solo player, you know something like Proto Bowl means that you can still listen to questions and still race against other players. Uh, you can also listen to the podcasts that are on the NAQT website of old tournaments, uh, like old nationals tournaments. And it's really interesting to see where teams would beat you to questions because obviously as it's a live match, you're not going to get to hear every question read all the way through. So if, if they say, oh, this novel something, 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 power clue, and then they get it right away, you're like, oh, well, maybe I would have gotten it if they read the rest of it. The point is that teams that are playing in nationals don't need the rest of it. And so you should also know that power clue. And it kind of gives you an idea of how strong those teams at nationals really are. And they're they're only getting better, Ken. Uh, I have a, a running sort of theory that, uh, and I would love to hear um, and feedback uh, via our email, uh, which is... Four ten points at gmail.com. That's four the number ten points at gmail.com. So I'd love to hear some feedback for anyone who does uh, multiple academic sports like mind sports, things like that. Uh, the, the geography B, spelling yeah, B, exactly. things like that. Uh, I, I have a feeling, Ken, that these, these groups as a whole are just getting better and better. Uh, and it, it comes because there are individuals that are really becoming like really terrifying at practicing and getting better um 
and the the biggest example that I can point to is the script spelling bee in 2019, which had eight winners, Ken. So they read as many rounds as they had prepared. And after they read all of those rounds, all of those players were flawless. None of them missed a single question. Uh, and so by the rules, they just had eight winners. And when I think about the fact that um, in prior years, by the time they had gotten to those rounds, everyone had already been eliminated and they never needed them. Now people are getting much better at practicing. Uh, and so you might actually find yourself left behind if, for example, you want to you casually dip your toe into something like the script spelling bee because these people are already uh, in the trenches of spending a lot of time practicing. Uh, and I think the, the fact that the MS set scores have only been creeping up, uh, that middle school players have been getting better and better, uh, really supports this idea too. Yeah, uh, certainly the the points per bonuses we were talking about, like 20, 26 is uh, higher than than what we're used to seeing, um, and it's powering over half the questions. Maybe that would happen once a year, but you know it's already happened a few times in the in the first and just in the first packet. And um, there's no reason to think why the teams that did that early in the season aren't going to get better by the end of the season. And, and certainly keep their numbers up and keep them climbing. So, Ken, I'm going to challenge you with something right now. Okay. I'm I ready. want you to think If about... it's spelling, I'm out. I'm just, right. I'm just yeah. telling you right now. Uh, uh, your word is doofus. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, Q. I want to... <laughs> Q. <laughs> All right. Q. All right. <laughs> um, so what I want to challenge you to think about and think about this you know, live is uh, what's something in your life that you want to do more as a habit? And how could you stack that? Ooh, I, I really would like to exercise more. Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 without making an excuse. For, for anyone say, who's yes. never met Ken, he's um, six foot ten, three hundred fifty pounds, all muscle. Uh, so that's a that's a satirical answer. <laughs> that's right. So I'm like I'm like uh, Sid Justice from uh, from the old WWE. He looks like a professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ken, what uh, can you think of a time in your day where you might be able to stack that habit? Oh gosh, when uh I mean time in the day, maybe when when both of my kids are asleep. I mm -hmm. guess we're looking at like eight o'clock at night, but mm -hmm. if you think I have the energy to exercise then So so that's <laughs> that's a great thing. So Ken, you're showing some great self awareness here of knowing that that's not gonna work. Right. So what I would tell you is that uh think of an exercise that uh would maybe help you, like uh stretching, something like that. Okay. And then think of a time in your day where you're Maybe waiting for something anyway. Maybe right. waiting, like, for like waiting for coffee to brew. Okay, I'm usually, you know, when I'm doing that, I'm walking the dog, and that's okay. like that's what I get. That's my exercise when I walk the dog in the morning. But mm -hmm. I do have to wait for the shower to get hot. Um, yeah. You know. All right. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's it's. I, I'd like to think there is there is time in the day to to do that, but I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I think you're going through something a lot of our listeners will probably do, which is like, you know what? That's a great idea can't think of how to do it right uh so what i would challenge you to do is be really concrete in what it is you want to improve in right if you're thinking about like i want to be more physically fit i want to do more exercise uh be really specific right be like you know what i want my biceps to be massive so i'm going to do a couple curls in the morning as i you know wait for my coffee to to get a little cooler so i can drink it uh, or be a little more specific like you know what uh, my posture is a little rough, so I'm going to do some stretching in the morning as I, uh, you know, wait for the shower to get warm. 
Uh, and in terms of quiz bowl, it could be something like, uh, you know what? I know I have that free period in the day, uh, or I know that I sit with a couple other kids who love quiz bowl at lunch. And you know what? As we're getting our food from the lunch line and I'm waiting the lunch line anyway, I'll just read them a couple questions. So uh, it's definitely something that for me, I've found a couple of useful habit stacks in my life. Uh, and it once they're second nature, Ken, that's really when they start to shine. Yeah, there was a, a quotation that was on the wall of my global studies class in high school, and I don't I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's something that stuck with me as as did most most things in that class. But the the quotation went: "Sow in action, reap a habit." Right? You've heard you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. So if you sow in action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. So if you just start with these small changes, mm-hmm. you could end up changing an entire path of your life and really kind of taking control of the of that path. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be quizable. It could be if you love to read and you're already not finding time to read every day you know finding that golden 10 minutes to read could be a really life-changing thing uh if you love computer science and you spend 10 minutes a day watching videos about how to program or how to you know take apart and put together a computer that could you know change the course of your life so it's those small improvements over time that really make you good so uh we have a few letters ken that i think we should take a look at People are emailing us. Okay. And remember, what's that email address, Mr. T? It is uh, 4, F-O-R, 10, the letters, letters 4, numbers 10, uh, points, P-O-I-N-T-S, at gmail.com, for 10 points at right. gmail.com. So uh, the first one comes from a, a player in Illinois, and, and uh, the player writes <clears throat> that I live in Illinois, and our statewide middle school format is run by IESA which is contracted by Bryce Avery. His style of writing is vastly different from the common, commonly accepted version of Quiz Bowl, so unfortunately we're forced to play that format for a majority of our practices and games, which resulted in very few practices for tournaments like MSNCT and the U.S. Academic Bean Bowl in my 8th grade year. I'm in ninth grade now, and I quickly find out that the, uh, the JV questions are also contracted by Bryce Avery, but Varsity isn't. Although coaches in our state realize practice time should be used for more important tournaments like MSNCT rather than statewide competitions, they're forced to use it on IESA. So how are your students and coaches supposed to combat this? So Ken, let me see if I understand this straight. Uh, it seems like his in his specific state, Illinois, uh, there is a question format that's not the same as the MSNCT format. Is that correct? Correct. So having done a little bit of digging on this, it's not pyramidal. The questions don't start more difficult with more difficult clues. Correct. And trend towards easier. Right. And and the other thing is sometimes it's just just plain trivia. Like, do you mm-hmm. know this the this uh, president's fir- wife? Yeah, first lady's first name kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know. Um, now that's that's because that's what I ESA wants. So mm-hmm. I I did a little investigating in, into Avery Quiz Bowl Enterprises. Um, and they they pride themselves on kind of 
being amorphous and providing whatever you ask for. So mm-hmm. so this is what the state tournaments are looking for. It's not that this is what Avery does and you're, mm-hmm. you're stuck with them. No, they, they actually, as I said, they pride themselves on providing what you're asking for. Um, but I can understand their frustrations. And um, so what, what could you do if, you, if you're forced to pr- practice for these tournaments? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's kind of strong. I don't know that you're as a coach you're forced to practice for these i think if if you if you're the coach you can kind of use the time as as you want um but i'd be curious to see like what percentage of students or or coaches actually want to switch formats and if there's any sort of formal petition process they could use to go to the board you know i, I will say in connecticut i would love to have some of the structure that other states have you know there's a twex a texas quiz bowl alliance and there's something missouri and ohio and Mm -hmm. pennsylvania and uh uh, there's brain busters in new york and stuff like that or maybe that's new jersey and masterminds new i I don't know but i would love it if there was some something a little bit more concrete here but with that comes bureaucracy and uh, regulations and stuff and that's that's not my thing at all isn't uh, no not not even close um so uh so i would be curious to see you know if there is a, a large percentage of players and coaches that are interested in changing maybe you can petition some sort of committee to to get things changed um, I, I think also just studying more with naqt questions is a way to increase their familiarity like you could even have students say you know what if this was a question for naqt how would you rewrite this as a pyramidal question right sure. what would be the 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 uh power clue and what would be the the parts that are out of power um because uh what i find is that students who come to naqt for the first time uh they do have a little bit of difficulty with the actual format and students who are more experienced with that format they just you know they just get it they just understand that the start of the question is going to be more difficult um and i think it is worthwhile to practice with what you will, will ultimately be facing so right and and you know what you ultimately find more interesting so mm-hmm. so i would i'd tell them even if there's nothing they can do to change it practice for the tournaments that mean the most to you mm-hmm. you know and if you're if you're at one of these state tournaments and there's a question that's just pure trivia um or it's just a buzzer race from the beginning and the other team gets it, you know, it, you can roll your eyes or you can just, you know, hang your head or something like that. Just go get the next question, you know, mm-hmm. um, I guess suck it up and deal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what they wanted to hear, but that's, uh, if I were a coach and I, I'm, and I'm, uh, and I'm in that state and I'm frustrated with the, the path they're going down, that's all I could say is like, all right, well, you know what? We're going to spend our time practicing for the tournaments that mean the most to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and however we do with the state tournaments, it's it would just it would just all be gravy. Mm-hmm. So Ken, uh, I'll I'll read this next email. Um, so actually, is this part of the same email? No, it's it's a, it's, it's, a, a it's another email. All right, uh, pulled right from Ken's e- inbox here, mm-hmm. um, which is what again? Four ten points. At, at gmail.com. Gmail. All right. Uh, good to know. I keep forgetting it. Yeah. Um, so uh, this next question is, we've been fortunate to qualify two teams for nationals thus far this season. The former coach would not take a second team to nationals unless he thought they were sufficiently competitive, though obviously this is rather subjective. If you guys qualify two teams, do you usually take two teams? And how do you make this decision? 
Obviously, it's it's a meaningful expense to take two teams, but I feel that even if the second team is not as competitive, Nationals could offer the players, who would largely be non-8th graders, valuable experience. Any insight at all on how you make this decision would be appreciated. Thanks for your insightful advice and great podcast, which I pass on to our other coach and students. Fantastic. Wow. Thanks for the plug. Love um, the plug. So, so we have qualified multiple teams for Nationals in the past. Uh, we've also been at high school tournaments, and we've qualified for HSNCT. And did I, we go, Ken? Did we no, go no, no, we didn't. And I told the kids, you know, whether or not we qualify, we're not going because I don't think we as a middle school team would actually be competitive there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take the opportunity away from uh, from a group of juniors and seniors who, you know, I don't want to take a, rost- uh, a field spot away from a group of juniors and seniors that this might be their only chance to go. So, um, so I did decline that. But as far as MSNCT goes... Um, in my mind, it's hard to tell a group of kids who have qualified, like rightfully qualified at a competitive tournament, that they can't go to nationals. And we are fortunate enough to play in a region that is competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're traveling long distances to play in a small circuit to beat up those teams just to qualify Find three teams nice for nationals. Find a nice soft tournament somewhere. Yeah, no, I would, would, that's, it's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll say, especially if they are eighth graders who've been working for a few years towards this goal, uh, one of the new initiatives in our district is is this idea of a capstone. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my mind, there is no better um, example of a capstone than going to nationals because as an you, eighth grader, yeah. right? As an eighth grader, because you've worked for three years to to be here, um, and uh, and and you've qualified. So absolutely, go and. Um, and I'll say that going to nationals is more than just the competition. It's about the experience and it's about the camaraderie. Uh, one of the discussions that I have with s- some administrators that have an issue with kids missing class time is I, I get that it, it is important that they're in, in class, but there is nothing that they are going to learn that Monday or that Friday that's going to stick with them the way this experience is going to stick with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, teachers, coaches, keep that in mind when when you have a kid that comes to you and says, yeah, I'm I'm missing class Friday because I'm going to a a lacrosse tournament or a tennis tournament or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to something like that. And and you want to say, like, oh, of course, you're missing the test. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, in their mind, this tennis tournament is way more important to them. It means a lot to them. Right. It, it doesn't mean anything to us because we, we're not the tennis player, but mm-hmm. it means something to them, and it's something that they've been working towards. So I, I've I've always been understanding when kids have to miss my class for uh, for extracurricular activities. Um, okay, so if there are younger kids who you recognize that they might be the future of the program, it might like be a, like a seventh grader that's your best player. Yeah, or or you know a sixth grader that just you know scored fifty points a game in a tournament. Uh, and, and they qualify, it might be a very worthwhile experience because, you know, let's just say, for example, our our, our novice bracket in our tournament, kids did very well. Mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, none of those kids are ready for nationals. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just not ready. And they might think they are, but they don't really know what's out there. We had a group of sixth graders play in the nationals bracket, and they did well. I think they went 3-2 and two in the morning. Mm-hmm. They went 3-0 and oh in their consolation bracket in the afternoon. But the fact that they went three and two in the morning and they lost to Tenafly A and Briarcliff A, which is which is a very good team, tells me they're not ready. They're not ready for it. I would have loved to have them qualify because I would have brought them, mm-hmm. and they still might, and I still might bring them. But they're not ready, and 
if they do manage to qualify for nationals and they 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 then get to see what that stage is like boy are they going to be in a better position the following year when they know hey it's timed now everything's on a clock it's not 20 toss-ups and 20 bonuses mm-hmm. the moderators read super fast and you got to get used to that mm-hmm. and in their region they might be the best geography player but mm-hmm. now they're playing against the Illinois state champion in one match mm-hmm. and the New Jersey state champion in the next match and the Pennsylvania runner up who's still better than you in the next match mm-hmm. you know so it, it's always good to see what's out there and get that get get a feel for the next level of competition because then the next year you have something to fall back on you can t- I was in this spot last mm-hmm. year and I'm not nervous anymore because I, I've seen it I know uh, even like even just getting used to the card system mm-hmm. And not getting freaked out by that mm-hmm. uh, and not being intimidated by every team that walks in with older kids and, you know, an A next to their name when they're Middlesex C or something like mm-hmm. that. Just, you know, just that is in invaluable. Um, so all that being said, I try my best and our coaching staff tries our best not to construct teams so that we we don't have any players that ride the coattails of other better more dedicated players so i'm very mindful of how a team might have qualified meaning that if the field was small and there weren't a lot of top tier teams there i might be very hesitant to bring bring a team that qualifies there Mm -hmm. or you know if i had a team of six and the team of six qualified but it was really three three players that did most of the work i might need to have a conversation with the other three and say look I, i don't think you're ready for this just yet and it's a difficult conversation. It absolutely is, and it's certainly a difficult conversation to have with their parents too. But you're the coach. You're 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 mm-hmm. the one who's calling the shots, and hopefully your school, mm-hmm. you know, s- supports you, could, you. You could also, if you're um, interested in kind of demonstrating what their experience at nationals might be like, if you're in in the lucky position to have two qualified teams, you could have that team that qualified for nationals, you know, uh, by the skin of their teeth, play against your other nationals qualified team. And kind of start to understand the gap between their skills, right? And the reason why that team's going and this team isn't this year, right? And uh, you know, when when you when you're able to win a close match to to in, in a playoffs to qualify, and then you have to play against the number one team or the number two team, and they're powering every question, and you don't know what hits you. Fifty percent right. of the questions. That's right. That's and they right. have twenty six points per bonus. So th- the other thing that can't be ignored is the cost of going. Mm-hmm. So first of all, the entry fee is. Six hundred dollars or whatever it is, uh, six hundred fifteen dollars as of twenty nineteen. Okay, so it, it it keeps going up. Yeah, uh, and and then you have to consider travel and hotel and uh, it food. gets it, right and food. It gets incredibly expensive, and uh, you know if, if that's the issue, I I understand that. Mm-hmm. I know that we couldn't do it in Darien without our parents and their support. Um, so I I hope your your team is motivated to fundraise. And I hope that your community is supportive. And, and as Andrew just said, like it, our community is incredibly supportive here. Uh, I recall years ago, uh, one of our fundraisers, is we would just stand outside one of the local stores and just hand out baked goods and just have a jar that says Quiz Bowl. And people would just walk by like, ah, oh, Quiz Bowl, what is that, like bowling? And okay, fine. And just, just throw a 20 in mm-hmm. there, you know. Uh, so so we, we've been incredibly blessed to be supported the way we are here mm-hmm. in our community. And, uh, and I hope that, you know, if your quiz bowl team is good enough to make it to nationals, like your, your community kind of holds you guys up 
on a pedestal mm-hmm. and and trumpets your accomplishments and you know the raising the 615 bucks to go and the the airfare in the hotel um I, I hope i hope that is easy for you um and i'm sure it's not but i but I, I, I that's all i could do i i can hope i can hope that it's easy for you um so hey i, I hope we answered your your questions uh and please uh, send us some more um what was that email again, Ken? For the number 10 points at gmail.com. If you can't tell, uh, we're really hoping to have maybe something like a mailbag episode soon uh, where we can just answer a ton of questions that you might have about Quiz Bowl, how to get better. Uh, and it gives us a really good uh, way to get to know our audience. So definitely keep sending those in. We love to see them. But if you really want to get better, you might want to take a listen to this episode's buzz phrase. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2018 Montgomery Blair Academic Tournament. The question reads, This empire was chronicled by the diplomat Megasthenes, who commented on its respect for foreigners. This empire overthrew the Magadan Kingdom, and the Arthashastra was compiled by Chinakya during its early years. The question goes on to mention a great ruler converting to Buddhism, the Kalinga War, Ashoka, and Chandragupta, and that it was the largest in Indian history. Of course we are looking for the Mauryan Empire, but the buzz phrase here is Megasthenes. The Mauryan Empire rose to power in 323 BC in India, shortly after the death of Alexander the Great, and lasted until 185 BC. Megasthenes was an officer and historian for Seleucus I Nicator, the former general of Alexander the Great, and Diadochi, who won control of the old Persian Empire after Alexander's death. Seleucus appointed Megasthenes as an ambassador to Chandragupta Maurya's court. While he was there, he compiled a history of India entitled Indica, a work that has been unfortunately lost to time. However, future historians and scholars have often cited Megasthenes' Indica in their own writing, historians like Pliny the Younger and Strabo. Megasthenes wrote glowingly of Indian culture and their tolerance of other cultures, but Pliny and Strabo both took issue with some of the things Megasthenes reported, things like tribes of people without mouths, unicorns, gold-digging ants, to name a few. Megasthenes reported that India was an unconquerable power, but scholars believe he may have written that to make it seem like Seleucus, and maybe even Alexander, were wise not to attempt it. Unfortunately, not much else, not much else is known about the life of Megasthenes, so if you hear him come up in a question, and they're looking for an empire, it's a safe bet that you can buzz in and say, Morian. So, Ken, I see what you're trying to do there uh, with Thanksgiving as a fantastic time to study Indian history. But you made the old Christopher Columbus mistake. Wrong Indians. Uh, I guess I'll just turn back around and head back to Spain. Definitely do that. So thank you very much, everyone, for uh, listening to today's podcast. Uh, This has been For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything baseball related, whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve. Uh, Hopefully, we have helped you get better. I'm your host, Andrew Triago, signing off for Ken Romeo.